Craft Beer Radio, episode 255, on July 13th, 2013. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where this is our last unsigned integer version of Craft Beer Radio. So 255 is the biggest number you can get with 8-bit number. Right. And the NES system was an 8-bit system, so we figured Zelda theme, or at least the Zelda music, was a great place to start. Why not? So tonight... Let's start off with the best beer in the world. According to Beer Advocate, right? And Rate Beer. Yep. So uh, Jim sent us uh, a couple cans of Heady Topper from The you, Alchemist. And some interesting things about this beer. It's a double IPA uh, from Vermont. The Alchemist Brewing. It's 8% ABV. And right across the top, all around the top, it says, Drink from the can! Drink from the can! Drink from the can! So I think we're going to do, and we just watched a video. You can find a video on Boston.com of the brewer talking about it. Mm-hmm. He's like, he tells why I drink from the can. And it's mostly so the beer tastes as good in an hour as it does now. Right. He talks about how pouring it infuses oxygen into the beer and it'll stale at the, if you take a long time to drink it. Um I think what we should do is one of, we, should, we got two cans here. Mm-hmm. One will go into the Spiegelau IPA glass. Ah. Since we have a full 16 ounces here, mm. we'll be able to fill the, pour the glass full up, right? And then another one we'll have from a can, and we'll just kind of trade off and go back and forth and see how that goes. Well, I think we should take our first sips from the can. Uh, actually, it's a good thought. Take our first sips from the can, then I'll pour the speed log glass. Yeah. All right, so here we go. Right. This is not the first time we've had the best beer in the world on the show. <laughs> this so, one's a lot more accessible. So the beer, uh, silver can, can't see the color. Can't you put your nose up to the mouth the, of the can the though, very and bright, hoppy aroma, or a grapefruit, orange grapefruit. Yeah, try not to try not to be prejudiced yeah. by the mouth yeah, of the no. scary mouth of the can. Not a big opening to smell from, though. But here we go. Let's take a sip. There's a lot of hop flavor in there. There is, but without being expressly sort of overt and and bitter about it. But Uh I I just can't get into drinking from the can. Oh man, I, I don't know. There's something there's something vaguely metallic about that taste, and I'm. It's something that feels like you're drinking your dad's beer. Yeah. Drinking from the can, so spoiled, so snobby here on Craft Beer Radio. I don't know. I just can't get into reviewing a beer this way. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to use the IPA glass. Greg's going to use the regular Spiegel Snifter. I save a little bit here in the can, so. So if we look at it now, in the, uh, it, it's a very hazy color. It's a, uh, it's this hazy straw, sort of golden. And there, oh, that's I've never seen that before. If you hold it up to the light, I don't know if you can see it. The foam is in layers. The head is in like a bunch of different layers in the glass, I think, or maybe it's the maybe it's just like the refraction to the Spiegel glass. But I wouldn't expect to see waviness in, in fine glassware like this. But let me see. Actually, I only see it on the one. Oh, you know what? I think it went away. Okay. <laughs> I don't see it anymore. 
Oh, well. Now I can get my nose into there and get a big sniff and get some actual aroma here. Let me get a little bit more on mic here. So Greg poured only part of his glass. Mm -hmm. So, you know, imagine drinking a, a strong beer in a snifter. It's only about half full, so he has a lot of room for catching aroma. So I give it a yes so you can have an aroma. That just feels like home sniffing. Yeah. Drink, it's drinking from this glass as opposed to from the can. It just feels more like home. But yeah, it's wonderful. Lots of lots of bright, bursty orange and, and a little bit of grapefruitiness in the aroma. So for me with the Spiegel glass, my head, it was about two and a half to three inches high at the top of the glass and went all the way to the, the lip of the glass. So I'm actually not able to really smell anything right now. Well, I smell a little bit of hoppiness, but yeah. nothing like I could even smell from the neck of the the opening of the can. Yeah, well, I think the Spielberg glass is sort of intended more to be, like they said, a hop torpedo in terms of your a cannon, your, hop cannon, yes, hop cannon yeah. in terms of your your taste buds, but not necessarily or sitting there and sniffing it, yeah, sitting there sniffing it, which is unfortunate because that's where all your seventy you percent. Know, well, of, I think that I think it's set up to give you the olfactory stuff, you know, when you're drinking, but. Mm-hmm. Doing the whole snifter technique, swirling, smelling, right. sniffing. I don't think this glass seems to be set up to do that very well. Well, it does smell fantastic. But did I'm you a, hear that? I just did hear a click, click. Yeah, but that. Yeah, let's turn up the water a little bit. So uh, we we noticed on our last show, and and maybe on a couple other shows, there's been a little bit of weird audio, kind of occasionally a little staticky, and we're not quite sure why. So we're trying to get down to the bottom of it, and. Uh, I heard something again. I didn't hear anything that time. Hmm. Well, we'll see. If it continues to happen, we'll have to do some equipment tests and stuff like that. Just so you know. All right. Let's uh, let's go on to the flavor here. So the hmm. Okay. I don't know. It's, it's one of those beers. It's good. It's full. It's, I'm not sure I'm going to have, like, my vocabulary is kind of stunned, you know? It's like, what am I going to say about this thing? I, I might have more to say if I wasn't sort of, if I didn't know, if you didn't tell me this was a, a one hunt, you know, mm-hmm. the best beer in the world, maybe I would be trying to pick more things out of it. Because right now I'm trying to say, why is this considered the best beer in the world? Not that it's bad. No, it's a very good IPA. But... Well, remember, we had the same question when we were drinking the St. Bernardus, or, I'm sorry, the West Flatiron, right? It's a very good beer. But it's not, oh my god, I can taste the best beer in the world. It's kind of the cream floats to the top type thing, right? Where on Beer Advocate, it just gets the majority of really good reviews and ends up at the top. And But we ha- we have had several beers where it's been like, oh my god, this is an amazing, amazing beer. In fact, one of the beers that we we put up here is is a retread of one of the beers that that <laughs> yeah. is is on that you know, level. So yeah, we stacked up some stiff competition against Hetty Topper. Yeah, uh, you know, intentionally so. Uh, and so let me try to 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 flush that away from my mind and just get into the flavors here. Ting. Ting. What I what I really do like about it is that it, it it's kinda like the punk from last episode, in that it's it's not going the direct 
hot blast, mm-hmm. hot bitter root. It's trying to give you some other hot flavors, give you a nice, really drinkable experience. And the, while it's not the same sort of lending towards tropical area, it's still in mm-hmm. a, a sweeter fruit range than normal. You're not getting a lot of the big piney notes. There's some resinous, but it's not a huge amount. Right. I mean, they, they talk about on the can, right, that they're not trying to give you the biggest, most bitter thing in the world. They're talking about, you know, they want to give you, it's a little bit of marketing speak, but wave after wave of hoppy goodness and, you know, things like that. So they're not really trying to, you know, so, I mean, you might think, oh, it's the best double IPA in the world. It's going to be the most bitter double IPA in the yeah. world. Thing. You're not really getting that. You're just getting, you know, getting ridiculous amounts of, of hops in here. You mm-hmm. know, it's like they, it's difficult to put, you know, you just can't throw a mountain of hops in a beer and make it all come out in the flavor, right? You have to do certain things to make yeah. that happen. Yeah. And, you know, you can, t- I mean, from experience, we can tell that this is not something that you taste every day where it's just so completely hoppy. Yeah, no, I mean, full disclosure, I had Headhunter uh, a couple hours ago. Okay. Uh, And so this is, you know, this is ranking up comparably well to Headhunter, Mm -hmm. but it's not blowing it out of the water. Oh, no, Headhunter is pretty amazing, too. (laughs) Mm. It is tasty. I can, you know what? I, I I think what I'm getting here is that it it's it's a hophead's kind of beer. It, mm-hmm. it it gives you all the things that a hophead loves without having to go with the, you know, having to go with, with some of the detraction towards our bitterness. And usually, a hophead, a real you know pure hophead, will just say, you know, I'm 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 willing to, to work with the bitterness because it gets me the hops, and here you can mm-hmm. d- get the bitterness without the hops, and maybe that's why. You mean the hops without the bitterness? Yes, yeah, the hops without the bitterness, and maybe that's why there's so many people who are saying, "Oh my God, I can get just the hops without having to deal with that sort of extra stuff that I usually just ignore on, on my palate, or or say I like, but I don't like as much as I really do." Maybe now that our tongue's getting used to the ridiculous amount of hoppiness here, I'm starting to get more things. I'm getting some tangerines. I'm getting a touch of onion, actually. What kind of onion? Let me see if I can find it again. Hmm. I didn't get it that sip, but maybe sip it's before. more radish. Maybe radish. So I let me think back. Uh, the onion it was almost a uh, a sweated, you know. So it's a sweeter. Yeah. You know, it was like you know cooked in a saute type thing. That kind of onion. That's why I'm. Yeah, I, I think that radish, or even like daikon or something along that, would would be a better. Pick just because I I see I see where you're coming from. Onion just tends to be a little more sulfury, have a little more sulfury bite than mm-hmm. than a radish has a little bit of a of, I don't know a tangier bite. It's it's kind of hard to describe it. Yeah, I mean I don't want to like say watercress. It's got it's just got it's a okay. Yeah, I don't want to say like bedelli or anything, but probably like just a white onion that's you know been sweated down. Mm. Mm, it's not. Yeah, tangerine was a really good call. There's a, a a bit of leafiness and hmm. 
There's a good malt. There's a good good malt to back this up. You yes. really can't taste too much of it, but you can tell it. There's a good balance of the malt there that keeps the beer from being too bitter, too hoppy, and uh, it does give you a little bit of what's the word I want to use? I'm trying to figure out how to best describe this. Probably just a, a white bread crust type. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. White bread, maybe slightly on the French bread side, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's it's hiding so you don't taste it, but it's apparent because you're not being overwhelmed. Here, let's trade glasses. Okay. I forgot to trade glasses. So here, let me uh, just top this off a little bit. I don't know if it's that much different, to be honest with you. Here, I just top this off a little bit. Smell that. See if you get any oniony. In your in your glass there, I just poured a little bit more out of the can. Get onions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I see where you're coming from. I don't know if yeah, I can't agree with the drink from the can. Whether that is purely psychosomatic or not, I can't tell you. No, on the the thing that we listened to beforehand on the thing on Boston.com, part of it was. Beer's a blue collar drink, right? That's that. That was a BS reason. That was a big part of of his reasoning for it, right. though. And yeah, I don't know. It just uh, anything you want to say about our show, you can. I think the blue collar would not fit into the description of our show. No, no, I, I agree. We, I'm we, just we, I'm trying to think. analyze it. On, it that's not to say blue collar is bad. It's just we don't analyze it on beer on that level. I can't tell you the last time I drank a beer. I mean, the last time I drank a beer from a can, it was in Iron City, you know? And that was a couple of years ago. I mean, other than that, all the other can craft, can craft beers I've ever had, I've never drank any of them out of the can. I think you may have had a Dell's Pale Ale or something out of a can before. I, I, sometimes you're just in a situation where there is not a good glass available and just, or you don't want to bother a host, but they do have a can of a good beer. And so you're like, all right, I'll just drink it out of the can. And that's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. It is better than nothing. Or you just got to keep keep a glass in your yeah. pocket. Yeah, exactly. But if I'm going to, and I mean the point of the show is is to analyze the beer, right? To to do the best we can to analyze it, not just to say, oh, that tastes good or not tastes good, but to do as much analysis as we can. And so we here's can't probably do that from these cans. So I'm getting down to the bottom of the Spiegel glass, and I think here is where the ribs in the in this um, you know collar piece come into play. I mean, watch watch as I drink this, right? All right kind of a waterfall or a roller coaster of beer uh-huh. and it the, that sip that came out of this bottom part was woken up and so it's it, agitating it, it yeah so i yeah. think it brightens the end of your beer well that makes sense that that would <coughs> excuse me <laughs> i was i was i was drinking so greg could see the waterfall right and uh just it kind of caught me down the wrong pipe there uh it's funny because you know he mentioned something about how in, in the video we just watched, you can watch it, he said it was on Boston.com, the guy from uh, The Alchemist in Vermont, uh, and this is Hetty Topper. The, one of the things he said is that at the end of the can, you're you're, you're doing more and proteins. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to a glass. And so maybe, and maybe that is, <coughs> and also that... As, as I don't know, beer, the last sip out of this IPA glass makes me choke, apparently. As, as a beer... Uh, Gets older and older in 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 the 
in the glass, it worsens and worsens. Maybe that's kind of the point of this: is that as the beer gets older and older, you agitate it more and more mm-hmm. and get it lighter and lighter. So, I think that's that's definitely the point of it. You know, when when Sam calls it a hop cannon, it's it's a little bit of marketing. I do see the function there, where it kind of wakens the beer, so the bottom of your beer, and maybe even more than just the last two ounces, maybe the last four ounces, you know, play back and forth like the tides go back into that <clears throat> that rib part. Um, I see how it's useful, but you could also just pour. I mean, the other option is to just keep doing what you're doing right now, right? Just keep yeah. filling the bottom of your snifter. With, with the stuff in your can, that keeps the mm-hmm. same the same but, issue that you had with the... Oh, he talked about... We, we had mentioned this on the air. Yeah. He talked about when you drink from the can, there's a cushion of CO2 that stays on top of the beer. And so, yeah, if you there's just pour... There's a similar one that stays on top of the... Well, there there is, but there's also a lot of air that gets it. But you still have... You're only pouring three ounces at a time, right? So... Well, the thing is, as I'm pouring... Air is coming in, so it defeats the purpose. Oh, you're right. It's a little more air than a sip would be, right. I guess. Yeah. You know, to each their own. If you, what I want to try is he said to drink the to, to get the very last gulp, the very last gulp. Oh, out of can. ten. So I'm gonna try it. So he mentioned there's a lot of stuff in there. There's you know the yeast at the bottom and mm-hmm. hop residue at the bottom. And it, it it's it's actually you should give it a shot too. It, it's um, I already I poured uh, yeah. it in. The oh, you did it. the whole thing. Yeah, it's gone. It's 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 a pretty bright end. I mean, most mm-hmm. of those when when you eat them, you know, when you when you get the bottom, it it, it tends to, to lose a lot of its brightness because the the yeast adds mm-hmm. this sort of protein quality to it. But uh, no, this this was yeah, it didn't get muddy from yeah. yeast so much. So it's not a bright beer when it's fresh. It's a cloudy beer, but apparently it's mostly hop resins, proteins, and not yeast. Because, yeah, you would think the yeast would make it a lot more muddy. Like, we we see all the time, right, where we swirl up the dregs, and the beer is just not as bright and clean. It's just a bunch of mud. I I like the beer a lot. Yeah, I can't say I don't. I think it's got really excellent flavors, particularly if you're a hop head. You're gonna really enjoy this beer because you're not you're not gonna get any of the bitterness that that I think fundamentally devalues a double IPAs a lot, uh, and so that that you're not gonna get a lot of bitterness is a very high praise on this beer. Does it deserve to be number one? Does any beer deserve to be number one? That's a question. That, that's more of a philosophical question at, cert, at a certain point, isn't it? it? Does I mean I mean for beer at I mean for on rate beer it's just rated a hundred. There's mm-hmm. other beers that are mm-hmm. rated a hundred. So it shares the top seat with a lot of great beers. Beer Advocate, you know, does this weighted ranking thing. And we've had this whole discussion when we did the Westville Letter in 12, right? It's it's a very, very good beer. This is a very good beer. And the cream floats to the top. You know, yeah. if 3,000 people think that this is a very good beer, then it becomes number one. And that's that's what happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, okay, so... To give you an example, the current rankings right now, uh, number one is Hetty Topper. Number two, Pliny the Younger. Number three, Pliny the Elder. I think Pliny the Elder is probably the better of the two, if you were to ask me. But have you ever had Younger? I think so. I don't think you have. Really? It's it's pretty rare. I mean, okay. I think the number two ranking there is about 40% rare. I've had it at the brew pub in Santa Rosa. I like Pliny the Elder better. So, uh, 
Number four zombie dust. We've had that, right? No. No, we couldn't get that. They That was at Saber, but we couldn't get that. Uh, number five, Founders Kentucky Breakfast Out. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's crazy, the KB. I mean, KBS is relatively wide distribution, so the rare yeah. has aged out of that beer. It's good beer. I'm surprised it's five, though. Very surprised. Number six, West Letter and Twelve. Number it's seven. Been a, I mean, it, it's been eons since I've looked at this list. Yeah. <laughs> Number seven, Bourbon County brand coffee stout. Uh, as from Goose Island, don't ha- have not have that. So they make Bourbon County, right? It's their yeah. barrel aged oh, stout, and this one must have coffee in it. Number eight, uh, Parabola from oh. Firestone Walker, pretty good beer. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> number nine, Bourbon barrel aged vanilla bean Dark Lord. There's Jesus. like there's like three bottles ever made of that beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Supplication, Cantillon, Fufon, The Abyss, very good beer. Oh yeah. Um, there are good beers on this list. There's, I mean, I don't know, like Founders Breakfast Stout, especially now that I look at it, I, I don't find it to be nearly as good. Well, Kentucky Breakfast is the bourbon barrel. Yeah, but, but Founders Fit is 15. The, the regular Breakfast Stout is 15. That's pretty high for that. We're just jaded, Greg. We're not jaded. We're spoiled and jaded. We're just experienced. (laughs) (laughs) There's some good beers on here. There's some very good beers in here. You won't go wrong by following this list, but you won't find the best beer in the world by following this list either. Because the best beer in the world is is, is your best beer, not Beer Advocate's best beer. The best beer in the world is is going to be the one that, that hits your taste buds the best. Well, look and, at number 45. It's Wein Stefan Hefeweiss. Right? It's a wonderful beer. Yeah. But it's it's a classic style. It's the beer hasn't changed in two thousand years. Mm-hmm. Well, not literally, <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean. Um and it's number forty five. Um uh, I love the beer. It's just but it you know, it's a Hefeweiss. It's the world class Hefeweiss. Like I mean that 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 the McKellar isn't on the top ten. <laughs> Remember that McKellar that we had? Oh the uh the spontane yeah. combos, yeah. That, uh, it's just absurd to me. Because that was in the top ten beers I've ever had. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, so, okay, we wasted enough time yeah. on the BA list. Let's move on to some competition for Heady Topper. Even though, thank you, Jim, for the Heady Topper. We appreciate it. It was very good. It was excellent. And, and the chance to drink it, I mean, we get the chance to, to do to do a rare thing. And I'm gloriously happy and deliriously happy for the chance to get it. So we really appreciate it. All right, let's move on. So what do you go to? I think we go to... To see, I think we save we save this guy. Yeah, we save that for last. Let's do this one. Yeah, all right. So Jim also sent us the Anna. This is Hill Farmstead Brewery, Vermont Honey Saison. This is a uh, beer de mail, which is basically it's a it's kind of a beer to guard with honey. It's a it, it's a <clears throat> French farmhouse with honey. A twenty percent raw wildflower Vermont honey, and their house saison yeast. Check out these openers I got from Blickman Engineering at the Homebrew Conference. Huh. So it's an opener, but you see the little wrench on the end? It's a wrench, and it's the size of the gas couplings on kegs and stuff like that. Oh, that's a cool idea. So Blickman was giving these out. Blickman's the guys that make all the beer geek porn. You know, the the coolest, you know, homebrewer. <laughs> do I have it in with me? Yes, I do. We got these at Saver, or I got one of them, and I gave one of them actually to uh, Jim... I, I bet. Uh, oh yeah, that's Jim Rue from, who's that uh, from? That's from. It's from Crux from, Crux, from the Crux right. Fermentation Project. 
that wiped off. But it's sort of it's an opener. It's also got a got a corkscrew on it and a little knife. And the reason why it was, was uh, <laughs> Jim Brew was having trouble getting the uh, Patrick. Patrick, I'm sorry, sorry, Patrick. Patrick was having trouble getting the. Uh, the wax off his bottle, so I was like, yeah, yeah these guys have this thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. it's for opening waxed, corked bottles, right? Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's what the wine, it's a wine opener, but instead of the actual, you know, um, pry off wine lifter, they give you a bottle cap. I wonder what these, this, these nubs on the outside of the bottle opener are for. It's got to be a function. So we got the bottle opener part. On the outside, there's a little bit of teeth. It's almost like a very impotent saw. Yeah. And I'm wondering what purpose that serves. That's my question. Oh, the Crocs thing doesn't even have a silk screen on it or nothing? It did. It just wore, it oh, wore wiped off. Really off? Easily. Yeah. I see. So, That's I cool. Know. Yeah, those are pretty cool. It's a lot fancier than the Blickman where they took a piece of stamped steel and cut you know, yeah. a bottle opener <laughs> wrench out of it. It looks like a dog tag, but the one end has a little wrench for your gas coupler, gas fittings. Yeah, you could do that with a plasma cutter. I mean, there's... A press. Yeah. Right. That's all you do there. Oof. Okay. So there, there's, uh, I think, a, a considerable farmhouse character here. We're going in a way different direction. Yeah. I mean, I mean from... Jumping from... The best beer in the world, yeah. double IPA. A big, bright double IPA. To, to this, the first thing I smell is white pepper. Like, a, <laughs> it, it, like almost like enough to make you sneeze. You know, that's what I smell is white pepper. And second sniff, I didn't get much else. It just smells like a big old boatload of white pepper. Uh, Well, there's more than that. There's more than that. There's. I mean, that's what I'm picking up primarily. Let me try to dig in deeper. But go ahead. Describe what you smell. I smell flowers, Jeff. Jeff, I smell flowers. Flowers. Flowers for Algernon. I flowers in your hair. It it, it smells like flowers. It was like a field, like a meadow. Now some honey is really coming through. I'm starting to smell a little bit of honey, but it's still crazy peppery. Like, like, what kind of honey could that be? You know, I'm trying to, like, put the two smells together and try to explain it as a certain kind of honey, and I'm, like, not getting there. So they're probably unrelated, but... Like I said, it's raw wildflower honey. Okay. At least 20% of it is raw wildflower honey. Okay, so now, last two little sniffs I took, I took short sniffs, and I smell, like, Belgian candy sugar, like that, that, that sweeter aroma, the... Something that smells more like a Belgian beer. Let me see if I can put that. I, I didn't like that description. Let me try to find better words for it. A little bit of wintergreen. A little bit of leatheriness. There may be some, some Brett going on in this. There was a really interesting... I was listening to a basic... I was listening to James on Basic Brewing Radio. And they were doing... Beers from Nebraska Brewing, and they had um, I can't remember the beer, but it was Asian Chardonnay barrels. And James and Steve both thought that there was Brett in the beer, and there was not Brett. And like the lab proves that there was not Brett in the beer. There's something to do with Chardonnay. I'm not saying this carries in this beer at all, mm-hmm. but and and, and they, when they interviewed 
the brewer, after they did the tasting, uh, the brewer had a similar, had, had this experience with this. And for beer palates, apparently, Chardonnay can be mistaken, Chardonnay barrels, Chardonnay oak, something like that, can be mistaken for Brett, even though it's not Brett. It's, it's, it's one of those things like, uh, can you see that difference between the two kinds of browns? You know, it's just something that isn't exercised so much yet. Mm-hmm. And beer judges, you know, professional beer judges aren't picking this out consistently. You know, I, so. I can see where that would come from because, you know, I'm thinking about, well, in Hefeweizens, we can uh, we can taste things like banana, but there's mm-hmm. no actual banana in there. Mm-hmm. And if you were to measure, look at the chemicals, they're similar. But they're not exactly the same, so it's it's. I mean, that's I'm not, I don't think that was a point I was trying to get across. It was more of it's an unexercised muscle in the beer vocabulary. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like so they're not. There's no pressure to differentiate the two as of yet. Okay, I can you know, see, so I can that's see that's kind of the thing I'm trying to too. get to, and um, I mean, it was just interesting about Chardonnay. So the next time I if I have a barrel aged beer and wine barrels that taste breaded. I'm going to consider, you know, is that just Chardonnay? You know, so, I mean, that's kind of the thing I was going to try to... This still smells... There's definitely a Brett character coming through on the aroma for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a little dusty. Almost like a... Um, yeah, like, think a... Uh, like a, a leather belt that's... Coiled rope. Uh... Ooh... I like that. I was going to say, like, you know, leather belt that's, like, out in the shed and it's a little wet and mildewy or something like that. But coiled rope, especially, like, old rope. Mm-hmm. Old rope from the from the shed or barn. <laughs> the kind where you get, like, 50 splinters when you just touch the stuff. That's bread, all right. So, hmm. first impression on the flavor, very lemony. Big, juicy, kind of tangy. There's a little, almost, is going to sound weird, almost vinaigrette quality to it. I almost, there's a, well, there's, yeah, there's a little little bit of that. There's a little bit of... Because I'm detecting, the, the bread gives it almost like an olive oil kind of cons- okay. flavor. That's interesting. And, and the consistency of the beer has a little bit of that oiliness to it. So that gives me the sort of, sort of like a vinaigrette on a salad. I'm, and see, I'm, I'm leaning towards lemonade. Okay. Kind of a sweetened lemon juice, you know, lemon drink. Interesting because I was at, um, we went to the, um, one of my friend's birthdays was today. And so we went out and we went to the, the Brazilian steakhouse place down at station square. Okay. And afterwards, just for one beer, we went to Bar Louie. The Bar Louie hot sauce opened up and smelled it. I was like, this smells interesting. So it smelled a, it's a weird smell. What was in there was, it was just, you know, your regular plain old Frank's, you know, okay. vinegar. And, mm-hmm. But then they also added like. A little bit extra olive oil to it, and I could smell that. And it was really mm. weird, and so now I'm tasting this. And like there, yeah. there's there's a similar. It, it's it's crazy how your recent it. food experiences color your yeah. views on a certain day. I've had that happen to me all the time. Where like this tastes like something I had yesterday. You know, it, it, I tr- wish I was a little more 
um, not swayed by the currents or anything, but it, it you know, I mean, those are fresh in your mind. Yeah. So. I mean, that's it. You draw upon things that are, you know, in your mind and, you know, if you've had some interesting flavors in the last two or three days, those are really top of mind. I'm really going with the lemonade. The The flavors, big lemonade for me, where the the aroma is a little more of that leathery, peppery. I get some of the lemonade at first, but then it really cools down and becomes a lot more bready and and gives you more farmhouse quality to it. I think what's giving me that olive oil is actually the honey. I think the honey is is following through and giving a little bit of a... Of, of a slicker mouthfeel. Hmm. Yeah, I find that unusual because honey ferments out very dry. Normally. Right. Normally. I agree. I agree. It just seems counterintuitive to my knowledge of, of how honey is exposed in beers. You know, fourth or third, I guess my fourth sip here, I'm getting a past the lemonade and I'm getting into a little more you know, complexities. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to get there because like, I wasn't really looking for a shandy tonight, mm-hmm. you know? So getting a little bit more of the complexities. Let me try to describe those. I don't know, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> this is really good beer. Thank you, Jim. Interesting announcement. I don't this think we're going to be. This is the, uh, the Anna from uh, Hill Farmstead Brewery. Based on last week's show, I don't think we're going to be doing very much in the way of all IPA shows anymore. And I think that that's because we found that we got palate fatigue pretty early on, even. And so mm-hmm. we, we were looking at doing it again, this show. Some more pale ales, yeah. dry hop pale ales, things like that. And we decided to do more contrasty things. And yeah, you're right. It, I, I mean... Let me figure out what I want to say here. It, it's not a great idea to try to do four IPAs and, yeah. and to describe them eloquently to listeners. It doesn't work. You know, when I did that IPA tournament at Whole Foods during Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week, uh, I was, I was, my palate was blown six beers into the 16 beers. You know, it just couldn't tell. I love Ballast Point Sculpin IPA. Went right past it. Didn't stand out. It's it tasted the same to me as some more much more beers that I generally consider mediocre IPAs. Right. And I can't imagine that they're equal on an equal palate. You know, I just can't. So palate fatigue on IPAs is just wicked fast. It just comes on like that. So I don't know if we're gonna do this all the time, but what we try to do in this in this show is to build a, a reasonable progression among flavors. Without, with only having tasted the last beer that we're going to have. Well, but there's that. Based we also, on the descriptions. Yeah, I mean, we went for, we went for more limited beers, beers that we didn't go for any, you know, flagships tonight to, to kind of like. Well, this is a flagship, but I mean. Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess you're right. You know, it's like, oh, Hetty Topper's number one. Let's let's prove him wrong. You know, got to be skeptical about everything, right? So we put out some 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 good beers tonight, and this Anna, which we've never had, I'm really enjoying it. I'm digging it. I'm digging it a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on in the flavor. You know, when I read, you know, Honey says on the label, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I really don't feel that tonight. But you know, this this farmhouse, this little bit breaded thing, it really is a nice drinker. Mm-hmm. It adds considerable amount to what would 
be and that, that's the beauty of I think the French style and, and why French is becoming more active because it, it adds a lot more distinctive notes once you can get your palette around it it adds a lot more distinctive notes and a lot more interesting qualities to something that doesn't is not huge in alcohol is not going to um, destroy your palate but at the same time gives you a lot of really interesting stuff and probably uh, probably is slightly easier to brew than some of the other things probably I don't know yeast can be finicky you know yeast I'm, I'm not saying simple to brew I'm saying it's maybe slightly easier to brew than say uh you know, something, some stuff that Dogfish Head does, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay, so their next beer is a Dogfish Head beer. That Dogfish is Head Craft Brewdales plus Dan the Automator present Positive Contact. 1.9.4 fluid ounces, 9% alcohol by volume. Ale brewed with apple cider spices. A positive combination of Fuji cider, slow Fuji roasted, apples. yeah, f- slow roasted farro, a bit of cayenne and fresh cilantro. Oh, I hope it doesn't taste like stink bugs. Nine percent alcohol by volume, twenty six IBUs. This is a beer Heather bought for me for I believe our anniversary, and here in Pittsburgh, this is nineteen ninety nine, so not a cheap bottle of beer. So let's see here. So Deltron Thirty Thirty is a is a music group. They made remixes created particularly for this project. I think. I just don't. Uh, I mean, I I like music. I like beer. I just don't get the whole music paired with beer thing. It I get it. <laughs> I get it because you know we we didn't talk about it on on the main on the pre show. But we may talk about the post show. The the coffee thing. How it affects your the the the, oh, the sure. coffee room background. How how it affects your attention, and the same way music can affect your attention, and all your senses can work together. The synthes the synthesizer stuff to sort of project a different thing than necessarily exactly mm-hmm. what you're in, and your your other senses like memory come in because we talked about how mm-hmm. we remember things. All these things come into play. So if you pick the right music for the right set of circumstances if you can find a way to connect them on that level then it would I mean work. you you know the Bayou Tech guys right they've done you know this music pairing the two times they've been at Saber yeah. you know <laughs> I don't know it's like, come on <laughs> come on you know pairing your beer with music <laughs> to, to me I'm not a music guy anyway so the other senses and really because the other senses way overpower the the oral sense for me, at least musically, I don't. I just don't have that that gene that can understand music as well. But I can see why somebody who does would mix music and experiences mm-hmm. very closely. I can, I can. They compl- I mean, they. So, like thinking, oh, this is more of a post show thing. I won't get too deep into this, but I can imagine, you know, there's a time where, like, th- I'm just things are good. I'm having a great beer. I'm listening to Zeppelin, you know, and it just feels right. right. But I don't think the Zeppelin improves the beer. It just is a good experience. Well, your state of mind improves right. the beer, yeah. and if the music improves your state of mind, uh, then that maybe improves the, the beer maybe. for you. So. 
first sniff on this one, I thought I was smelling sage. And we didn't read sage in the in the in, you know label ingredients or anything, but and then uh, now I'm smelling a little more appley. Hold on a Almost like a oven roasted apple type thing. Uh, so farro is a type of wheat, if you're wondering. Okay. It's a food product compro- composed of grains of certain wheat species. Uh, and so that's been roasted and then slow roasted and then used in this. So So it's a fu- it's a it it's looks kind of pro- like a. It looks kind of cakeish. Okay, so it's a product that they made from grain. Yeah, and then they use this cooked product, roasted it more or something. Excuse me, and then chucked it in the brew kettle. <laughs> Smell it again. I'm smelling something that is more. Um, yeah, the roasted apple keeps coming through. I'm thinking of like the times where mm-hmm. I've yeah. I've roasted apple, like split apples, roast, you know, put cinnamon on them, roasted them in the oven, you know, kind of like a you know, nice hearty dessert type thing, you know, fall, harvest time, winter type feel on this beer. It needs to be a little warmer. Cilantro. Are you picking up any cilantro at all? Mm. Maybe it's in the flavor. Yeah. At least it doesn't smell like stink bugs. <laughs> Cilantro, I I don't find to be that strong of an aromatic, but but I do find it to be a strong flavor. So, we'll see. Flavor is quite different. The flavor doesn't have that roasted apple flavor for me so much. It actually it tastes more like honey than the last beer. I'm getting this big honey flavor. Mm. Maybe a touch of like of apple juice, not like cider, but like nice clear filtered apple juice. That's kind of the flavor that I'm getting. If you wouldn't have told me cilantro was in here, I don't think I would have picked it out. But I think you I can. It? You think you get it? I think I can pick it out. And I love what cilantro does, even a little bit. It's it's a lot like bay leaf or something like that. It mm-hmm. it adds a, a a little something that can, unless it's like really there. Unless you, unless you like you see, you have pieces of it floating around your mm-hmm. stuff, it can be something that's hard to quantify. Uh, but it's detectable at really low levels, and I think that that is is coming into play here. And I personally dig cilantro. I think the cilantro is an awesome, awesome mm-hmm. herb. Pretty good. the The cayenne is not really very detectable. That's okay. It doesn't have to be. In, in fact, cayenne. There's no heat. Maybe yeah. there's a touch of flavor, though. Yeah. Cayenne can bring out extra mm-hmm. flavors, like all those vanilloids. First couple of sips, I was getting something, a rustic grain type flavor. Maybe that's the, how the pharaohs used, you know, it was kind of a, a rustic-y bread or something like that. Getting a little bit of that, you're getting that paired with, like, the apple cider. Yeah. And it keeps evolving. Every sip, you know, you're getting you're getting used to certain flavors. You're able to find new flavors. It, it, it's definitely a progression. Telling a story as you're drinking it. Mm. Pretty good. I'm really enjoying. I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Really, it's pretty good. I don't regret the uh, finding my wife paid twenty bucks for the bottle. It's uh, it's pretty good. Mm. Could easily turn the other way with uh, you know some unknown beer. 
there's a there's, she she asked me for for oh, did possible she? ones and mm-hmm. I just said I I don't know because I don't know what you're you know what you can get. I said I go to like the, I th- I said go to the Giant Eagle, the the one in um, Robinson, because that I think is the best sort of beer bottle shop. And just look around and see what looks interesting there. They have a whole bunch of Ami Gang and they have a whole bunch of other stuff. Okay, a decent, pretty pretty good bottle mm-hmm. shop. Probably the best uh, that I've seen in, in Pennsylvania. Well, that that doesn't stop. You know, that's not like that's not D's. That's not yeah. D's, right? Pretty good. Wish I had more to say about it. It's one of those ones straining the vocabulary a little bit because of the apple cider and the faro and the cilantro. Nothing in this beer is a normal ingredient. Yeah, and this is what I mean when I when I said that the farmhouse is a little easier to mm-hmm. make interesting beer as opposed to something because this is just they're going crazy. I mean, I can't imagine how long it took them to figure out the, the right proportions to get everything in or, or or to use these particular ingredients to make something really interesting. You can make something really interesting with just some farmhouse yeast, you know, and a little bit of, of bread or a little bit of honey. You can, you can play I around. And I make think some... you're oversimplifying that a little bit. Of course I'm oversimplifying. <laughs> but you don't have to go to this extent that they're going here to make something amazing. But this is this is pretty amazing. This is uh, really, really different. Mm-hmm. And, and for you and me, jaded as you call us... <laughs> This is something for you know if if you if you have a, a jaded like you know if if you feel you know I've tasted everything new under the sun, well I don't think you have. <laughs> you know this is a hell of a lineup. All the beers have been on the same plane. Mm-hmm. You know they're all like I don't know which one's my favorite so far. They're all, they're all really good. And this last one's not going to make things any easier. We've had this beer before. And I'm looking forward to having it again. This is the J.W. Lee's Harvest Ale Matured in Calvados Casks. Brewed in 2009, limited edition, 9.3 fluid ounces. Yes, it's only a 9.3 fluid ounce bottle. That's a 275 mil a bottle for, for Greg and Jeff and the other folks that might listen overseas that never email us. So, um, Calvados is apple brandy. And uh, so I, we like from the idea Spain, of from, right? I believe it's from Spain. Yeah, we like the idea of going from apple to apple, and that's uh, why we why we got positive contact in here. That's a very good theory. I didn't even consider that. By the way, we're not going to bore you with the commercial this particular round. Uh, Amazon, go to our website, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. We really appreciate it. You gotta get out to Denver Ooh. for the GABF. <laughs> wow. That just I didn't have to come close to it before the aroma just wafted me in the face. I'm not used to pouring a, a nine ounce bottle, so let's get this nice and you got some sediment in there. Boom. <laughs> So J.W. Lee's is a barley wine or an old ale. Yeah, so like it's that. a barley wine. This fully fermented ale can be enjoyed now or laid 11. down 5%. like a fine wine for enjoyment to come. It's got this uh, woody kind of mahogany color. It's got a powerful aroma on it. 
just this big wafting brandy. Mm-hmm. Brandy, essence. it's a little boozy in the yeah. aroma as well. <laughs> Very different. It, it, you're going completely different direction because we, we, we've been in sort of a lighter type of beer, and here we are, big malt, heavy malt, big bursting with 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 caramel notes and and stuff like that coming out. Go bake or go home. Go bake <laughs> or go home. Yeah, so the aroma, Greg, you know, with caramel, the, yeah, like a, just a really rich, big mouthfeel caramel. That's what your aroma smells like, like you're chewing on, you know, great. It's actually making me salivate thinking about that. Good stuff. First sip. After the, all these other beers, seems really sweet. Mm-hmm. Seems really, really sweet. Almost like drinking wort. Wow, <laughs> really, really sweet. It's almost giving me a headache. It's so sweet. It's a uh, oof, oofa. Getting tobacco. I'm getting a big tobacco flavor. I'm not sure what I'm getting. Like yet. cigars, tobacco. Huge. I mean, it's like overwhelming me. Big tobacco flavor. Definitely sweet, a lot of toffee, um, a lot of uh, really, really rich sherry. Mm. It's it, it taking my tongue some time to evolve, but my tongue is also detecting some really tasty things in there too. So I'm just trying to, to, mm-hmm. to give it the time. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take the time to. to go out on this one because I don't want to rush it. But it's certainly, it is a jump. It's a big jump from what we've been tasting. So we don't want to... I mean, it just... It's a shock. It's just, yeah, it's, the palate's like, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> and we've had this before. We know it's not a weird beer. We just got to get into it. Maybe you should turn on the... Uh, Coffeeativity, and we can uh, get more creative. <laughs> um, the, the mouth feels totally different. It, it's it, it doesn't feel like you can barely feel the carbonation, it, it, and it's got sort of an oily or slick texture to it. Little little heavy mouth feel wise. Are you uh, getting any cigarettes or tobacco or anything like that? I can't say I am. You're not. I'm getting like crazy. Like it's almost putting me off. It's so strong. Hmm. No, I'm not. And hopefully, it, it I get used to it because I'm not enjoying the tobacco cigar flavor. The apple is starting to come through now, and hmm. I keep trying to look for tobacco. And I can't find it. Can't find it at all. Yeah. It's like hitting me on the head. Hmm. Oh well. I have a little more stuff in mind than yours. I mean, can yeah, let's trade. Yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, yours has... <laughs> Mine has tobacco, and mm-hmm. you don't want it, huh? No, no, I'm just saying, if you taste mine... Yeah, yours is apple Yeah. Yours is apple mine tastes like tobacco. <laughs> and we... You had the top of the bottle, I think. And the, I had the mid, and then we kind of shared the bottom. Yeah. Well, if you don't like yours, I mean... We'll I'd, I'll trade you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, at least I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm glad you can no, taste the no, tobacco. I can, I can definitely taste it in, in this one. Strange. It's crazy. We keep we hit this time after time. How these bottles of sedimented, you know, there's or, layer. There's layers on. Yeah, there, there's these weird. You would think that it's stratifications it's this, is what I was yeah. looking for. Yeah, you would think it'd be this uniform pro- product, but no. Especially on a small bottle like that, yeah. the stratification maybe becomes more apparent because there's just not much room. So things here. Let, let's do this. Let's thing. let's make it the same beer. Let's right. blend them. Because, I mean, how are we going to rank it? You know, I don't like the tobacco. You took the tobacco. You, this beer is a different beer than that beer. Yeah. So now we just put them back and forth a few times. Sharing all kinds of germs. <laughs> I like that. I like the blended version. Yeah, I really do. Ooh, the blended version is really good. Isn't it? <laughs> Getting it all shooken up and, and oxidized and, and all, you know, all those stratifications mixed together. Yeah. That's a lot better. That's better than either one by itself. So you have to shake this one up. <laughs> Someone's listening right now like, these guys don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> we, we've... we You normally wouldn't have just... You wouldn't split a bottle like that between mm-hmm. two people. You'd pour it all into one glass and it would all... It would all mix out. It would yeah. all mix. What we do is we split them apart, and that can change things. Yeah, I mean, we hit stratification time after time. It just boggles my mind that different flavors sit at different levels in the bottle. What we need is we need some sort of agitator device that we can that, that will pour it, agitate a little bit, and then equally pour it into each of our... Hmm. The craft beer radiator. The craft beer radiator. <laughs> Mm. That that's pretty good, but it doesn't compare to the rest of the stuff we've had. It's hard to compare. I mean, it, it's it's so tasty, but it's a different. It's a different beast. It is. Yeah. It's it's complete. It's a different genus of the whole beer phylum. You know, it's just like we, we've been we've been hunting rabbits. And now we're tasting duck, and duck is awesome, but we had our fill of rabbits and I think the rabbits are going to beat the duck that's a good way to put it I really like this I'm 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 tormented in figuring out the rankings here I mean every beer was awesome yeah even the ones we haven't had you know the Anna Mm -hmm. from Hill Farmstead Brewery I wasn't expecting something awesome and it was awesome. Positive contact. Dogfish Head can do some awesome things. I wasn't sure this crazy mix of cider and cilantro was going to be awesome. It was awesome. Pretty awesome. And the Heady Topper. It's awesome. It wasn't overhyped. I mean, maybe slightly overhyped. Best, overhyped. best beer in the world. That overhypes anything. That's an overhype, yeah. That overhypes anything. That overhypes the best beer I've ever had, which I 
can't even tell you what it is at this moment, but um, it was awesome. Double mm-hmm. IPA. Mm-hmm. All right, Jeff, would you like to rank or shall I? <laughs> if you have an idea of what you want to do, do, please go. I do. So my number four beer, like I said, it's a duck in a rabbit contest. That's the only reason why it's, it's number four. Especially once we once we poured it and, and gave the right Blended exchange. it together, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the JWEs, um, you know, you can call it a hard luck loser, but really it's, it's a flight issue. And, you know, had we had it in a different flight, it would be different. We, you know, we wanted to bring the big boys to right. dethrone yeah. the best beer in the world. So we pulled this guy out. I enjoyed drinking it. It's just hard to compare, and yeah. and yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, my number three beer is Anna. I really liked it a lot. I thought that it had a really good qualities to it. I liked you know the story it was telling. Um, maybe just a hair less on the Brett might have improved it a bit. Uh, I don't know whether the honey gave it that much more. Um, I think I've had other saisons that have excited me a little bit more, but I really did enjoy it. So, and I guess number three. My number two beer is the Heady Topper. <gasps> it's a very, very, very good double IPA, but I had a very, very good double IPA a couple hours before that was really just as good. And on a slightly different way, but just as good. And uh, frankly, I felt that the that the positive contact was better. Now it's weirder. It's a it lot, is weirder. It's a lot different. And can you call it... How far do you go in, towards, in, in terms of calling that a beer versus a cider beer amalgamation? I don't know. Whatever it is as a drink, I think it's better. Uh, so the positive contact was really something that was like, wow, this is really new and interesting and entertaining and uh, has so much... So so much depth to it, so much things going on that it somehow managed to marry in a way without without overly competing with each other, and that's an achievement. And so that's why positive contact is my number one beer of the night. Okay, so for me, jeez, it's so hard. Number four is the JW Lees, which I don't think I would ever. If you asked me this morning if I would ever say the words, J.W. Lee's Agent Calvados is the worst beer of the night, <laughs> I would have said that phrase would never be uttered <laughs> ever, ever, ever. And it, I'm uttering it now. Mm. Love it. A good beer. Once we got it all de-stratified and blended together and tasting what it probably is supposed to taste like, not like tobacco and cigars and not like you know, apple juice blended together. Good stuff. I think number three, number three, two, and one are like just hairs from each other. It's just such a hard problem for me to solve. I'm going to put the positive contact in three. I liked it. I really liked it. Why did I like the, I'm going to try to define why I like the other beers better. Okay. And I still haven't decided if I like the heady topper or the Anna better. Okay. So let me talk it through. Let's see if we can come to a decision together. Mm. How about that? You guys can help me decide. Yell at the radio and I'll hear you. 
The heady Use topper. Your feelings. Yes. Use your Give feelings. me some aura. The heady topper. Let's see. So why would it? I'm going to make its argument for it being number one. It was. Heady topper from the can fall. <laughs> From the can, oh, I couldn't get past drinking from that lip of that can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No good. But heady topper from the glass. The amount of hoppiness, wave after wave of hoppiness, just like the can says, is kind of bonkers. It, it's it's out there. It it's good. Um, I don't want to compare it to things like Headhunter. And Sculpin IPA and things like that, and other world class double IPAs or IPAs. I just want to compare it to the beers we drank tonight. And so there's that. I really uh, liked the hoppiness. It wasn't too bitter. It was just a, a profound amount of hoppiness. And then Anna from Hill Farmstead Brewery, this unknown brewery, unknown beer, came in here, smelled. Like white pepper, the first sniff I took, first couple of sniffs. That's all I smelled. It almost smelled like I smelled a pepper, pepper shaker and was gonna like, you know, cartoon sneeze because I got too much pepper up in my nose. And then you get into it and it tastes like lemon juice, and you get into it more and it starts giving you nuance and more nuance and more nuance. And I think the nuance. So I just talked it through and I figured out. I think that that nuance, the level of nuance you gain out of this beer, is gonna have to make it the best beer. Okay. Again, the show is generally about what's you know fascinating and the nuance and whatnot. Hetty Topper was not nearly as dimensional. It had a lot of dimensions. There was a lot to the hops. There was orange, then grapefruit, then tangerine, then a little bit in some onion, and you know there was other things. But just the level of nuance wasn't up to the level of Anna. Now, the positive contact had more nuance than the Hetty Topper, but the Hetty Topper was just awesome. Right, I mean, it was just like awesome amounts of hops. So it is almost a brute force attack on the positive contact, where the awesomeness of the blunt, mm-hmm. here's what I am, beats out the nuance of the positive okay. contact. So for those of you who are listening and sending your auras, that that's that's what you that's determined. What you did, so go for it. All right. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. I am on Twitter at Jeff Bearer, and he over there is at CBR Greg. Yes, I am. We are on Facebook at The Craft Beer Radio, because someone else took Craft Beer Radio. And we are on Google Plus at Craft Beer Radio. And uh, there's a thing called email, beer at craftbeerradio.com, if you would like to email us. Thank you very much for listening. We really do appreciate your support listening. Amazon.com. or No, do not go to Amazon.com. <laughs> do not. Don't go to Amazon.com. Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Or go to craftbeerradio.com and click on the Amazon image. And actually, if you're really, really a power user craftbeerradio.com slash a that's all you need same thing yeah that's all you need and we get referral um uh credit for your purchase and tune into the post show and you get to hear amazon anonymous we don't know what you bought we don't know who bought what but we do know what you bought and we're going to talk about it in about three minutes we'll see thank you everybody